Hello, and welcome to Radio SGN. I am one of your humble hosts, A.V. Eichenbaum, coming to you on this 4th of July. Um, about as patriotic as usual, I don't feel the need to sort of express more patriotism or love for my country just because the day has changed. Let me tell you, right now, country's on thin ice. My country's really in the doghouse. Speaking of dogs, Lindsay, you have animals, and Lindsay Anderson is here. Yes, hello. That's my segue. That's where I'm at. <laughs> that was a perfect segue. Thank you. Like 10 out of 10 right there. I am Segway's a professional. Segway's a 10, but it came from Ash, so it's an 11. Have you seen that trend on TikTok? Yeah, I have. <laughs> I know you have so many thoughts about about everything. Well, someone who is a 10 out of 10 is uh, my dog, Peter. Yes. Well, we're updating now because I guess we haven't recorded since Pride last weekend, but Peter competed for the second year in a row for uh, the Seattle Doggy Drag Competition. Amazing. And Patricia, that is his drag name. Patricia was robbed. You know, <laughs> I I was so, so many emotions. But okay, Patricia's outfit, I made it because that's what you do with drag, right? It gives it the specialty. Mm-hmm. And I went to the party supply store. I bought a children's My Little Pony wig and cut the bangs off of it and then super glued it to like a little, um, you know, like the cone party hat. Sure. I super glued it to one of those, cut the cone off to like make a a wig for my dog because nobody sells dog wigs because I guess they're just not up with the times. She had a special rainbow tutu, a pride muscle tank. She was fabulous, honestly, fabulous. And she didn't even place. (gasps) Yeah, last year's number one grand supreme doggy drag queen. She's right here shaking. Didn't even place. I was so livid. I mean, I wasn't. I was like petting all the dogs and being like, oh, good job. You deserved it. But they didn't. Here, here, they didn't deserve it because <laughs> these are the dogs that beat out Patricia, okay? Third place was a dog just wearing a, um, like, a Hawaiian shirt made for dogs. You know, like, this was not a homemade drag costume. This was, like, bought from PetSmart. And the only reason this dog got third place was because he did, like, tricks on stage where the owner was like, oh, roll over, and the dog rolled over. And, like, okay, Patricia doesn't do that. She doesn't listen to any man or woman <laughs> tell her what to do. Um... But this dog, it's it's like drag thing was like the lesbian barber or something because it was in like a Hawaiian shirt and the the the, the judges for the competition were all like local drag queens and then like it was like a dog judge. I don't know how the dog like judged, but yeah, that dog and not here for it. It just okay. was not a creative outfit. Okay, second place was snubbed too, and I think she deserved better. If Patricia wasn't gonna take the crown, I thought this dog was. Her name was Marilyn Monroe. She had fake tits. And a blonde wig. Yes. A crusty little white dog whose tongue would not stay in its mouth. And we showed up. We showed up to this thing. And the owner is holding the dog in her arms and has, like, a fan that she's just (laughs) fanning the dog with, like, an electric fan. And I saw that dog and I was like, we're fucked. Like, there's no way we're beating Marilyn Monroe. But they called Marilyn Monroe for second place. And again, this dog had fake tits. Like, plastic boobs on its white dress the existential dread that this brings me (laughs) the fact that this exists in a world where logic is supposed to dictate any sort of semblance of sanity i'm so far past that point and frankly the world is too harsh and too cruel for me not to enjoy this i have questions i have concerns i have problems with this but honestly 
Good for her. She slayed Marilyn. I'm sure she did. Um, I'm sure she did. But when they called her name out for second place, me and Isabel locked eyes (gasps) because we were like, Patricia's got it. You know, if Marilyn didn't get first, it's got to be Patricia. And then you know who they fucking called? It was this skinny, like, white chihuahua that was just wearing a rainbow. Like, a rainbow that you would have bought at PetSmart. It wasn't even in a dress. There was no wig. There was no drag. This was just a dog in a rainbow. And as we were leaving, we were like, I wonder, Patricia was so much more glamorous than that dog. Maybe she was robbed because she's a black dog. There could have been something there, you know, or it was just she didn't do tricks. But she was, she was, and she was the crowd favorite. Like children were coming up to Patricia asking to take pictures with her. I had random children taking pictures with my dog that's probably older than them. Did you just use racial oppression against your dog? You know, my dog... You, you're the whitest is, person I know. He's half Mexican. Fuck okay? off. His, his last name is a hyphenated Anderson Diaz. Uh-huh. He's a half chihuahua, mm-hmm. half dachshund. So he, he does have that German in there, but... Yeah, I think it was colorist against him being a black dog. I know I'm white, but my dog isn't. So I have a lot more ethical concerns about this, but we have a great show for you guys today. Um, I had a lovely conversation for our interview with a woman named Rachel. Uh, She kind of makes like cool gift baskets for the queer community year round. She's based out of the Midwest. Uh, We kind of connected by chance, and it's just a delightful conversation. What's not delightful is that her rights and your rights have been stripped, and now they're coming for the rest of us. Lindsay, you did a deep dive into this. When you're listening to this podcast in real time, the article that I've just finished that is on the website was coverage of Seattle's response to uh, Roe v. Wade being overturned, and it was just a brief overview of kind of what happened. I... Spent Friday afternoon calling every Idaho representative to try to get someone on the phone to give me a statement about um, what's next for the state of Idaho, especially because they are one of the conservative states that is really hitting back the hardest with the trigger bans. So Idaho is an interesting state because unlike other states that had trigger bans go immediately into effect as soon as the ruling came out, Idaho has 30 days until their trigger bans go into effect. And so now some Idaho representatives are trying to pile on additional bans that will go into effect as well. So one of these politicians was out of the office because it was his birthday. Like, fuck him. Um, Anyways, not a happy birthday to him, even though I said happy birthday in my email because I wanted him to respond. Anyways, he is trying to hold an emergency hearing to add a ban on Plan B on top of the bans that Idaho is enacting on abortion at any stage because a lot of conservative politicians are of the mindset that life begins not at implantation, where doctors say pregnancy begins, but that life actually begins at conception at the moment that the egg becomes fertilized. And so the way that something like Plan B works is when you take Plan B, like the day after you've had unprotected sex, it takes like 24 hours, give or take, for the fertilized egg to attach to the uterus. Mm -hmm. So plan B like yeets that fertilized egg out of there and they want to outlaw that. But where this gets more complicated is that then certain types of birth control that are legal all over the place, approved by the CDC. Like an IUD. Like an IUD. So IUDs just block a fertilized egg 
from attaching. It doesn't block the sperm from fertilizing the egg. So they're also coming after IUDs and trying to ban them. And I just, I have so many questions for this guy who I honestly don't think has done this research. You know, what is the plan if they next outlaw IUDs? How are they enforcing that? An IUD is a form of contraception that can last up to three years. So for people that just got an IUD in like last month, are they going to force these people to go into their gynecologists and get them removed? I also have questions about if they believe that prevention of conception is basically killing the baby, then what about like condoms that have spermicidal lube? You know, I was telling my friend this just the other day. I was, I mean, it was entirely a joke, but I was like, you know what? Life begins at conception. No, no, no. Life begins at ejaculation. (laughs) And somewhere under somebody's bed, crusted up in a sock, was the future doctor to cure cancer. And now she didn't even get a chance at life. (laughs) Well, you know, it's also, they're they're moving towards anti-sodomy laws, anti- gay laws uh, to sort of fit these values that a lot of people don't have. You know, these hyper-Christian, hyper-conservative values that really have only cropped up within the last hundred years or so based on pseudoscience and partial understandings of how the body works. I mean, it's, it's a tragedy. It's a tragedy and it's, I mean, have you done Have you read the decision that they released? Yeah, I did. Yeah, not the one in May, but the one that just came out. Right. They they specifically say that after Roe, they're coming for... Well, no, actually. um, It's very... It becomes really complicated, and I'm going to nerd out and um, woman-splain to you because because I can do that. Uh In the official statement of Dobbs that was written by Alito, I believe it was Alito, They tried to say that this ruling does not call into question the precedent of other cases and that they shouldn't use the ruling of Dobbs to question like Loving versus Virginia, uh, contraception cases, gay marriage cases. However, in the concurring statement from Clarence Thomas, who is the most conservative justice on the court right now, he brought up that they should be reconsidering these. So he's getting a lot of the media attention because that's the statement that I read was his. Yes. But again, these are like the sneaky snakes that also said that Roe has starry decisis precedent in it. It's like such an old case. Why would we go back and reconsider it? Like when they well knew that they were going to go back and reconsider it. Right. So I'm looking at the majority decision that they released and I think it's kind of bullshit. I think Clarence Thomas is speaking for all of them when he says that they need to go reconsider, you know, all these other cases. And like, I do not agree with Clarence Thomas at all. I don't agree with any of the conservative justices on the court, but I think that because of the ruling that they made in Roe, they do have to go back and re-examine all of these cases that use the exact same reasoning that the 14th Amendment has an innate right to privacy. Basically what they said is this only pertains to abortion. Abortion isn't in the Constitution, so we're gutting abortion rights. So they did exactly what they said they were going to do, because we've discussed this before. Yes, the the leaked draft was very close to the official decision. But they brought up common law from before the country was even a country, and they were like, these old-timey white dudes, the same guys that were like burning women on the stake for being witches, were like, abortion is bad. And so they used that in their decision in 2022 to say that we have a, that the nation holds a history of being against abortion because of that. Well, um, to 
lighten the burden a little bit, um, if not the mood. Just a little update for you guys out there in um, Goyim land. There are a lot of synagogues and, and Jewish folks that are filing cases because stripping the right to abortion and bodily autonomy in that way actually infringes on the religious rights of the Jewish people. These people on the Supreme Court, they are entirely trying to create a Christian theocracy in the United States. I, you know, it was something I heard like kind of extreme activists say for the last five or so years, and I didn't believe it. Honestly, you know, I was like, we have a separation of church and state. I just thought it was crazy wackadoos like that stand outside the Planned Parenthood or this bitch Rachel from my high school English class. But it's like, you know, it's people high up in our government. And I mean, and it's not just Roe v. Wade too. They have made like so many shit decisions in the last week. I don't know if you saw, but they just gutted like an environmental act. I saw that, yeah. Yeah. And that's not Christian based. Yeah. That's people on the right saying, hey, I'm going to make a lot of money for a really short time and then I'm going to fucking die. And I'm fine with it. They don't care. They don't care about the planet. They don't care about us young people. I mean, obviously, Mm -hmm. they aren't even trying to preserve the planet for all of these babies that they want to have born in the next, you know, 10 years. If you're going to get rid of certain types of contraception, plan B and abortion, um, What kind of state funding are you going to vote for for these babies once they're born? Are we going to invest in universal childcare, free pre-K? When you take away reproductive rights, it impacts women in poverty so much more than wealthy women. Wealthy white women are still going to have access to abortions, even in Idaho. Something that I've heard after talking to a lot of these Idaho representatives about it. If you're from Seattle, like, why do you care about Idaho's reproductive rights laws? And I, like, didn't have an hour to explain to him that as a person, an American, and a woman, women's rights everywhere affect me. And when you're taking away the rights of my fellow woman, you are assaulting all of us. The next reason that it impacts me is I live in a border state when all of these women in Idaho are unable to go to Idaho Planned Parenthoods for IUDs and abortions. They're going to hop the border to Washington. It's going to impact, you know, my healthcare facilities. If I need to go get an abortion, it's going to become harder for me in Washington because we are going to have so many more people being tended to by the few uh, resources that we have in the state. And he was like, oh, I didn't think about that. Well, you know, I guess it is, it's still legal for them to cross the state, so. Happy 4th of July. We're going to take a quick break, come back with a short but sweet interview, and uh, then we're going to talk about some other stuff. We'll be right back. Radio SGN is brought to you by Adult Time. Launched in 2018, Adult Time is a streaming service exclusively for adults. It's a platform built by fans who believe in a future where mature audiences can safely, securely, and proudly have a place in their lineup for premium, award-winning adult content. Dubbed the Netflix of porn by mainstream media outlets, Adult Time offers an extensive catalog of over 250 channels, 60,000 episodes, and 8-plus new releases per day from some of the most recognized studios, including Girls' Way, Pure Taboo, Burning Angel, Fantasy Massage, 21st Sex Jury, and Vivid Entertainment, alongside exclusive original series, feature films, and much more. Adult Time. Porn done differently. Hi. 
This is Dr. V. Hill with V. Hill Family Medicine, and I would like to tell you a quick story about my primary care practice. I had a patient text me about a cat bite injury to her hand, and she was worried it was now infected. I saw her in clinic that day, cleaned the wound, and arranged for a tetanus shot and antibiotics, saving her critical time, an ER visit, and hundreds of dollars. If you want to know how direct primary care can benefit you, contact me at 253-693-0071 or at VIGILMD.com. Joining me today via Zoom, all the way from Edina, Minnesota, she's a small business owner who saw that there was something missing in the uh, gift basket realm. You'll have to explain this one a little better for me. Yeah. Um, but she is the owner and proprietor of Lux Joy and Comfort, and I'm happy to have you here on the show. Please welcome uh, Rachel Silberman, everybody. Rachel, Yay. hello. Hello, how are you? Oh, another day in paradise, you know. We were just talking <laughs> before you. we started recording about the stress of pride and, and how it's been going. It's a busy time of year for us. Yeah, it is. And it's finally July. So now all the corporations are like, buy pride. And they right. just take it out the door. Absolutely. And uh, your business stays year round selling pride gift baskets. How did yeah, you come into this sort of line of work? Yeah, so the pride gift baskets I do, um, what happened was I went on to Etsy because I'm bi-romantic, which is kind of like bisexual and asexual put together. Sure. Um, so I, at the time, I didn't know I was bi. That's a whole journey for me. But I was looking for asexual gift boxes and I couldn't mm. find any. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. So I went on to Google and I typed in asexual gift box and there was nothing. And I realized that there wasn't any representation for people who are past the T in the LGBT. Right. Um, so I was like, I, I made it my mission to make gifts for people who are marginalized and I want them to feel seen and feel loved. And um, in my gift box, there's a sticker that says you are loved. <laughs> like it's, it's like, I want them to know that they are loved and they're, and they're seen by at least me. So I have like intersex, omnisexual, um, demi boy, demi girl. I have just like very niche, like one percenters, like asexual. And then I have gay, I have lesbian non-binary trans all of that and um i'm trying to add all of the flags which is going to take some time sure because yeah. <laughs> there's over 50 and i'm the only one doing all of this so it's it's going to take time but that is my goal well that's really fantastic we here at the sgm know what it's like to have a small crew working mm -hmm. towards sort of a noble goal when no one else seems to be doing it is there a lot of representation in your neck of the woods um, yeah, so Minneapolis is pretty blue, but if you get, if you get out like 30 minutes, it mm. turns really dark red, Sure. but, um, I'm a very, I'm proud to be in a state that it has been blue the longest, I think oh, like wow. we were the only state that voted for one of the presidents were blue because of Minneapolis and St. Paul. And so there's a lot of representation. There's a lot of, I get a lot of orders in Minneapolis. Yeah. So I'm very thankful for that. Very cool. Yeah, uh, Seattle's the same way. You know, we're yeah. a little liberal bubble, a little pocket, and then yeah, the exactly. rest of the state is uh, red. <laughs> well, you know, God bless them, but they are how they are, right? So, 
I was looking at your website earlier and I noticed that you have book themed gifts I and do. my gremlin brain uh got very excited I yeah. love your Dracula and coffee you've got omnisexual merch and you've got Dracula and coffee stuff basically <laughs> I am your target yeah. audience and I love it um, I have everything how... it's crazy <laughs> So how did you get these books on your site? It's there an imprint. Yeah. So basically what happened was I started because I wanted to do a subscription box, a book mm. subscri subscription box. And then I got to the um, financial part mm. and it, I needed like $50,000 to start up. And I'm like, I don't have $50,000. Yeah. So um, I decided to do subscription boxes on demand which turned into gift boxes. And okay. so what I did was I wholesaled books that are non-refundable and I um, just made a ton of like different book themed gifts. Um, and I have like, I have so much left. I have so much Harry Potter and it is so unfortunate that she's a perp <laughs> now because nobody yeah. wants it. <laughs> and like, I am stuck with all this Harry Potter crap. And yeah. I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, I, do I have to donate it? Like nobody wants to support Harry Potter anymore. It's so unfortunate, but I do have like all the classics. Yeah. So I, I'm doing like public domain. So like Pride and Prejudice, um, Dracula, as you said, um, Wizard of Oz. I'm sold out of Alice in Wonderland. Very cool. Um, but yeah, so I've, I've done a lot of, of books and I'm very passionate about books too um I'm working at a publishing house now so oh very cool yeah it's pretty fun I have a nine to five <laughs> yeah so this is a passion project for you yeah I, I'm hoping someday to get enough corporate orders to do this full time mm -hmm. uh that's my hope so right now it's just a it's a side gig hopefully soon turned into a full-time gig very cool so you have a personal shopper quiz here yeah what does that mean? <laughs> so basically, if you're like, because I have over 200 gifts on my website. Okay. So that's a little overwhelming. Yeah. So you can take a quiz on my website to, so you can like pick what, like, do you want it for sympathy, for birthday, for, you know, there's like different topics. Mm -hmm. And then you pick your price point. And if you want food in the basket, if you want books in it or it's really, it's not a basket. It's more of a box. I do boxes. And, um, then it calculates for you, like what on my website is within those ranges, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. Cool. Yeah. Very neat. That's very useful. I appreciate it. It is. Yeah. <laughs> so tell People us a little use it. bit about, about you and your whole deal. So you're, you're asexual by romantic. Let's talk about your journey. If you're comfortable with that. Yeah, for sure. Sure. Uh, so my journey on, on asexuality. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I can, I can when talk about do you, that. So like I am for me, sexuality and, and gender and everything, it's, it's always evolving. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's true for everybody. Yeah. When did you sort of realize this truth about yourself? It was. It, it was okay. So it was my brother. Oh. I was telling him about sex and I said, sex just seems really boring and I don't want to have it. 
I just see you have to clean up after yourself. It seems sweaty and it just yeah. doesn't appeal to me. And he goes, I think you're asexual. And I'm like, that's BS right. because I read romance books. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I'm not asexual, but it, it was in my mind. Yeah. And so six months later, I was like, all right, let me like research this. Mm -hmm. So I researched it. I went on to like several websites, several forums, and there was this one thread that made me go like, boing, like, oh my God, I am asexual because somebody said, is it normal for people to look at other people and just want to have sex with them? And everybody was like, yeah, that seems to be the, the norm, the quote unquote norm. Right. And I thought to myself, I have never looked at somebody and thought to myself, I want to have sex with that person. <laughs> and, and so I asked my brother, I said, is that a normal thing? And he goes, yeah, I do it all the time. And I asked my mom, I'm like, I asked my, I have my friends, I asked yeah. everybody, I'm like, do you just look at people and want to have sex with them? And the answer was always yes. And I'm like, okay, so I, I guess I am asexual <laughs> because I've never, I always thought that I needed to find the right person, mm -hmm. but I've met so many men yeah. that I, and I've dated one person for eight months and he was so kind and he was so like, and we never had sex and I never understood why I didn't want it. And now I understand. And I, I told all of my friends, I'm asexual. And 99.9% .9 of the time they said to me, I know. And I'm like, how did you know? And I didn't like, you know, I told my yeah. aunt, she's like, yeah, that makes sense. I'm like, what? Huh. I'm 30 years old. How do all of you know? And not me. Right. Like it was hysterical. Um, <laughs> That's wild. So, yeah. Everybody knew everyone was like, yeah, that no duh. Well, that's cool. Um, they just were like, great. Yeah. You know, that's awesome. I mean, my mom was a little, she didn't understand it. Oh. So I would say stuff like, I want to date. And she says, no, you want a friend. And I would say, no, I want to date. She's like, you can't date if you don't have sex. Mm -hmm. And I said, sex and romance are separate. You can have romantic feelings and not want to have sex with somebody yeah and she can't really comprehend it yeah so it's a little hard so i i i mean sometimes you know with the older generations of folks yeah it can be really complicated right like i'm right. non-binary but i have a big bushy beard right now you know <laughs> and um i'm the oldest of four sons yeah. <laughs> and so it's really tough for my my um, mother to kind of wrap her head around that sometimes like she goes she uses my correct name um my chosen name but she does not always get the pronouns correct mm. um and i don't think it's very funny because i came out as bisexual or omnisexual mm -hmm. at a at a pizza place in portland I was visiting my my dad was up for the thing and i don't remember what we were talking about um but I, he just was like, men, women, what are you thinking about? I think as a joke. And I was like, I don't know, dad, sometimes I mack on dudes. And he just got real quiet and he goes, <laughs> oh, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> and then we were walking around town later and, you know, it was pretty accepting. Our, my dad's on the right in terms of conservative, you know, politics. Yeah. Um, but 
we were walking around later and someone was playing ABBA out of their car. I hate ABBA. And I said, so I'm not a fan. <laughs> you do not give me a man after midnight. I do not want this. <laughs> but I said, so, and everyone in my family, all six of them just went, what? And that was, they were more upset that I didn't like ABBA <laughs> than I was wow. than about me coming out. And I'm not sure if those two are related. Like, did they just expect me to be more accepting of a certain era of disco due to my sexuality or not? But Right. Um, yeah. That's it's, interesting. It's the, the disconnects for people. The boxes they put people in are mm-hmm. so intricate and fascinating. Yeah. And it's just... I've and sexuality it, is yeah. so fluid that exactly. it's not just one thing. Yeah. And it's it also is very telling that a lot of folks can only associate sex with romance and romance with sex and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And I think that is, uh, it's a hard boundary for some people. It is. You know, and that's, that's very difficult. It's living with people that don't understand that must be very difficult at times. It is because, you know, I, I, I started dating a, a girl mm-hmm. and she's like, oh, she kept saying, oh, your friend. And I kept saying, no, she's my girlfriend. Right. And it's, it was very um, oppressive, I guess. It's hard to be erased by someone you love when they don't realize what they're doing. Yeah, I know. And that, I mean, she didn't really understand asexuality yeah. at first. And I explained it to her like this because somebody else told me to explain it to him like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so if someone doesn't understand it, you say, I said, I say to my mom, have you ever had sex with a woman? And she goes, no. And I go, okay, why? She's like, cause I'm not sexually attracted to women. I said, right. I am not sexually attracted to women or men. And she kind of like understood. She was like, oh, right. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that part she understands now. That's good. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, little lear- these little learning moments that we little share little with our families. Step by step, step yeah. by step. Um, where can people find you online, social media, etc.? Yeah, so my website is Lux Joy and Comfort. That's L U X J O Y and Comfort.com. And my Facebook and Instagram is again Lux Joy and Comfort. Wonderful. Well, those will be in the show notes as well, listeners at home. Um, go out and support uh, support a queer business year-round. You don't have to wait for pride. You're queer year-round too. What are you doing? Uh, <laughs> love, joy, and comfort. Rachel, thank you so much for joining us today. I really yes, appreciate you Yes, thank you for having me. Thanks. Thank you. And we're back. I'm going to take it down a little bit. Take deep breaths and uh, just a simple fuck you to the Supreme Court of the United States. Hmm. That's refreshing. Yeah, so uh, it is 4th of July and I just, I have this like ongoing debate with Isabel and I wanted to ask, like, did you celebrate 4th of July as a kid? Like, was this a holiday for you? We did. My family was like weirdly very American like my granddad has like classic cars and stuff and he loves Thunderbirds I grew up with a lot of doo-wop music and like playing pinball and we did celebrate the fourth 
I hate fireworks, though, because once some, I grew up early on um, fairly well off. And then after my folks got divorced, we didn't lose everything. But we moved into a different neighborhood, um, and it was very different. It took a while for me to understand what was a gunshot and what was a cherry bomb. And it didn't really matter because sometimes the cherry bombs were worse because it was a drought town and the houses were on the older side and so they just catch fire. But um, yeah, 4th of July, I celebrated it up until maybe 2016. (laughs) How about you? Yeah, I mean, well, my dad's very Republican. So 4th of July was like Christmas number two. That's a lot. I'm just kidding. We didn't get any gifts. But again, he didn't remember to get his gifts on Christmas half the time. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I mean, no, I'm not. But (laughs) Whatever. Sure. Um, no, it was a big deal. I mean, when I was like a little kid, we would we had like a barbecue one year, and my dad ran like an events um, rental place, so he had like this big blow up like slip and slide, and all the neighborhood kids like came and played on it. And when I got older, we we have this little like lake place, but it's a trailer in a trailer park on a lake. No shame in that. You're on a lake, dude. Yeah. No, it's cool. It's the best. Sure. Um, and the like, the whole community is like very engaged with each other. Um, so everybody out there like feels like family. So Fourth of July is a big fucking deal out there. We have like a whole cornhole tournament that goes on. We would have like the days leading up to Fourth of July are themed potluck days. So like one day is like white trash day, and everybody dresses up <laughs> white trash. All weed is casseroles. Sure. Um, They'll do some kind of like different country themed feast. So they've done like Italian night and everybody brings a different like Italian food or Mexican night. And we do like a boat parade. And this was the best is everyone would decorate like boats. And then you go out in the middle of the lake and the boats parade. But it it turns into like a pirate thing where we all have like buckets of water balloons. And we're just like beating the shit out of each other. And yeah, it's. It's like just a big water war. Um, So that's what we used to do for 4th of July. We used to play basketball a lot, like baseball too. We would just do sports all day, (laughs) like with the neighborhood kids. It was a lot of fun. And then, you know, folks would have a block party and drink away their (laughs) suburban sorrows and blow shit up. I think 4th of July is very suburban is what I'm learning. Because I moved here last summer, um, a little over a year ago now. And so it was my first 4th of July not spending it with, like, my sister, at least, or, like, my parents and at the lake. And I was, like, a little down about it. And I was, like, what are we doing to celebrate 4th of July? And Isabel's, like, what do you mean? Like, and I guess Isabel's family, like, never did anything for 4th of July. And Isabel was, like, we're not white. It's a white people holiday. Gilroy is, everyone celebrated 4th of July. It's a... So I thought, I thought it was like a big deal holiday and Isabel was just it, like... It is for a lot of people, it's but it's not for everybody. It's just Memorial Day or Labor Day. It's just a day off work. And I was like... Nah, 4th of July is a bigger day. deal than those. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thank you for validating my experience. Yeah, it was everybody on our block. Yeah. If you don't bring out the barbecue for everybody, <laughs> don't bring out the fucking barbecue, dude. Yeah. Have you ever had a 4th of July ceviche? It's the fucking best. Fucking buche tacos on the 4th of July? Are you fucking (laughs) kidding me? Amazing. And even, you know, before that, before we moved, it was like our neighbors down the street would do like pork dumplings and our neighbors across the way would do lumpia. It's a holiday that I used to enjoy celebrating because everyone on the block got into it. And there's always some dumbass who would do something amazing. Like, you're not supposed to have certain types of fireworks in California because it will catch everything on fire. However that did not stop the cop on our block from using it because freedom, baby. That, that's the argument. 
the fireworks are like against <laughs> policy at Loon Lake and everybody let him off. Yeah. My dad was like, America was founded on rebellion. You can't tell us we can have our fireworks on the 4th of July of all days. And then like my cousin lost a thumb. You know what? America is founded on rebellion. Rebel. Pride. How was pride for you? I got heat stroke. It was great. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. I actually I had a great time. It was like the hottest day. The sun came out for pride. It, it was really nice to see our readers. It was really nice to see familiar faces, meet new people, sell some t-shirts. Um, it was a delight. I was there for two days straight, so 24 hours total of tabling in the hot sun, meeting folks, getting yelled at by others. It was really great to see everybody. Alexa Manila stopped by our booth a couple of times. Um, it was lovely to see her. She bought a shirt and wore it on stage. Shouted us out, which is so sweet. And honestly, my favorite part of the job uh, is meeting the readers and getting new people interested. So I, I had a lot of fun at Pride, too. It was um, my first time ever going to any Pride parade. Um, cause, oh, wow. Know, yeah, they didn't do it last year, right? No, if they, they didn't. did, I just it didn't was, go. It was some sort of like online celebration, but we did go to an in-person thing. It was like in September. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so this was my first Pride parade ever. I had a lot of fun, took way too many pictures that Ash had to go through when uh, picking them to put in the article I wrote. They're also on Facebook and Instagram. Check them out because it was great. One thing that I thought was really, really fun was that there were like celebrities, like the professional athletes. I totally fangirled over the Seattle uh, Reign, uh, mm-hmm. the players that were there. There was like Seahawks, there were the Sea Gals. I mean, there was like some corporate people, but it was still, it was so fun. And everybody looked so happy. Um, the only complaint I have is that I think next year, you know, if they want to keep going in the direction of banning the police, we ban the police, but we also like take it a step further and ban the straights. Like you get a pass if you like a significant other to somebody, but you're straight. Sure. And you get a pass if you're like a parent to like, you know, a minor that wants to go to Pride. But I feel like... Straight people, nah, you know, do your own thing. I mean, the problem with that is by erasure, right? Like, I'm in a straight passing relationship, but we're both bisexual, and I'm non-binary. And yeah. it's, once you start singling out You can out tell people, that you're, you're queer, you know, because you're not coming up to, like, every guy in, like, short shorts and being like, oh my god, will you be my BFF, you know? Or right. just, like, like, oh, I don't know gives me kind of creeps. I'm not there to ogle. You yeah. know, I'm there to celebrate. But um, mm-hmm. look, folks, it's rough out there. And you're not the only one that's angry. We got to remember that all of our rights are uh, for everybody. Mm-hmm. Even if our government doesn't believe so. So join together. If you're angry, and you should be, if you're frustrated... Do more than just post on Instagram, you know? Don't just retweet AOC. If you have the money to be able to, donate to an organization, not a politician, but, you know, donate to refuse fascism, rise up for abortion rights, uh, Planned Parenthood, you know, donate at the source, Um, donate to the Trevor Project, to, you know, queer liberation movements. Um, And you know what, if you're strapped for cash, if you are a freelance writer and that's not quite in the pocket for you, 
get out there and march. It is not hard to find a way to be active in this movement. I mean, if you're listening to this in real time at 5 p.m. on 4th of July, people are marching and protesting in Westlake Center again. Protests are happening weekly. When your grandkids ask you what you did during this unprecedented time in American history, you know, don't tell them that you tweeted about it. You're gonna be all kinds of messed up because the planet is changing and dying. So at least tell them that, you know, you, you tried. Yeah, quick shout out Lavender Rights Project, Puget Sound Diversity Alliance. There are a lot of people that are going to be affected by the coming storm if uh, we don't do anything. Doesn't matter what your pronouns are, doesn't matter what your body is. During this podcast, I've used uh, she, her language a lot, referred to women, but abortion is not just a women's issue. It impacts trans men, non-binary people, you know, everybody. So... Yeah, get out there, um, support your local people, your local people of reproductive bearing equipment. If you can't expand your scope to the entire nation, just do it for the people you care about in your immediate sphere, because that also makes a difference. Sometimes it's too overwhelming to think about the world or the nation as a whole. And if you're just doing it for your sister or your mother or your trans brother, or your they-them pal who might get pregnant, do it just for them. You don't have to take on the whole world, but you can take on a little bit at a time. And if we all do that, it can make a difference. But we have to stop being individualists about it. We gotta, we really gotta pitch in together. Because my fight's your fight, you know? Anyway. You know, if, um... If you are somebody that ends up being forced to have a child, raise that child, communist, as a big fuck you. (laughs) Babies for anarchy. (laughs) Those are two different ideological. I appreciate (laughs) the sentiment. Um. (laughs) Yeah, I should have been aborted, and now I'm a communist. So that's where we're at. I was an accident, and now I'm confused. So (laughs) look at this. Um... We both studied politics in college. I studied the morality and philosophy of it. You studied the science of it. I think (laughs) you and I can both agree we're fucked if we do nothing. And I hope that anyone out there listening is agreeing. And if you're not, hey, tweet at us. At SGN Podcast on Instagram, at Radio SGN on Twitter. Uh, we are trying to do this thing where you write in, we have a little bit of a lighter segment where we make a love. Back in the day, we used to have a Missed Connections section of the classifieds. I'd like to bring that back for free. Maybe just read some love letters, read some poetry. Nothing too pervacious, folks. (laughs) I do have to say it with my own two lips. If it's fun and flirty, send it our way. We want this to be a summer of love and a summer of doing what you want with your body. And we're going to do that in the lightest way possible. It's also a protest, partially. And also, we got requests at Pride to do it. So um, I don't know if you know this about me, Lindsay, but I do love love, despite being a crotchety <laughs> old person. I really, you will have to do some convincing there. <laughs> well, you know, it's just nice when people are happy, because I'm a miserable fuck. <laughs> Anything you'd like to say to our listeners before we head out? 
Uh, I feel like they've heard me rant enough today. All right. Uh, you want to see me get angry, and you're listening to this in real time again. Just come on down to Westlake Center. Abortion is a human right. Your right to your body is a human right. And then, frankly, it's disappointing that we have to have this discussion in 2022. Um, well, folks, thank you so much for listening. We're here with you. Keep fighting the good fight. And we'll see you in the funny pages. Radio SGN is hosted by A.V. Eichenbaum and Lindsay Anderson and produced by A.V. Eichenbaum. Music for this show was provided by TRG Banks and Jesse Spillane or was provided for free by Anchor. Thank you so much for listening. Check us out on SGN.org or wherever you find podcasts.